scouring the big bat trade market, trying to save the Twins offseason on today's episode of Lockdown Twins. You are Locked On Twins, your daily Minnesota Twins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Tuesday, December 27th, and I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. Thanks for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every single day on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I hope everyone had a wonderful holiday season. We're back today. Again, this is Nash Walker. I've been hosting this podcast for three seasons, four off seasons, been running at twinsdaily.com for four off seasons, four seasons. And I'm trying to look for ways for the Twins to save their winter to save their winter we've looked at the starting pitching market free agents it's it's whittled down nathan yavaldi just came to agreement with the texas rangers he was the last remaining like impact starter on the board i think in this free agent market twins got none of them we looked at the starting pitching trade market possible pablo lopez ends up in minnesota there was steam on that has not happened lopez has not been dealt though so that remains a possibility but ultimately my conclusion was there's not a lot of options out there on the trade market for the twins to go get a frontline starter and and we had that criteria either a frontline starter or somebody you think can develop into a frontline starter not a lot of that to find and it's not surprising teams want to hang on to those types of players. They're very valuable in trade and on the free agent market. We're going to look at impact bats who may be available on the trade market today. Three of them. Unfortunately, it was hard to find these as well. And I'm using John Becker's matrices here, which is a really nice tool shows you who's said to be available, who is absolutely available, who might be, who's unknown, you know, drawing trade interest. It's all segmented out. So I went off of this because sometimes I'll talk about trade targets, and we find out the next day they're not trading him under any circumstance, right? Nobody's untouchable. You can free up anybody with the right package, but we're going to look at three guys who I think absolutely are available and one of them who I think on a team that would be interested in a twin who's on the trade market as well. So three impact bats, and preferably I was seeking out right-handed bats because the twins have a bajillion Left-handed cornerbats, after signing Joey Gallo, they have many, many left-handed cornerbats. And we knew coming into this offseason, they need a big right-handed bat. That was, I believe, my number one need for this team after short, oh, maybe it was after shortstop. Number two was a big right-handed bat, and you could have filled that void with Correa, who has not yet signed with the Mets, by the way. Crazy situation there. Source says 55% chance he comes to agreement with the Mets on some sort of deal. They have a problem with this physical. We'll see how this thing plays out. I'll be on top of it. If the Twins were to have signed Correa, maybe they still will. Who knows? That would have filled the shortstop void and the big right-handed bat void, although he was on the team last year. So it's not necessarily an addition. It's just negating a subtraction with the man himself in Carlos Correa. Preferably right-handed because the Twins are so left-handed and they need some more right-handed power, especially with Byron Buxton's health. Always a question mark. So we'll start. We'll start a little bit lower, okay, lower, and we'll work our way up. We're going to work our way up today, and we're starting with somebody who is said to be very much available. He's 27 years old. He's a former top three prospect 
on his team, his current team, the Boston Red Sox, you might shudder. Bobby Dahlbeck. Bobby Dahlbeck. And this is what happens when you, you don't really sign anybody in free agency. There's not a ton of trade options most years. And this year, I think it's even less so. Bobby Dahlbeck, 27 years old, four years of team control. When I think of Bobby Dahlbeck, I think of the Miguel Sano, Joey Gallo type of player, which is massive power, 70-grade raw power, ton of swing and miss, career 35% strikeout rate for Bobby Dahlbeck. Beyond that, though, is an interesting sort of hitter. He's It's a two different hitters. Bobby Dahlbeck in his career against lefties, and we're looking at a large enough sample. He's 27. You know, he's played three seasons in the bigs, 273 games in the bigs. In his career against left-handed pitching, we know 100 is even, is league average, or weighted runs created plus. He's at 128 with a 522 slugging percentage. So he's crushed left-handed pitching. And I play daily fantasy, so I would always look for those matchups, and I would see like, oh, Bobby Dalbeck's facing a lefty, and I, I like him because he's cheaper. Why is he cheaper on daily fantasy? Because he can't hit righties. In his career, 85 weighted runs created plus against right-handed pitching with a 278 on base percentage. He's a first baseman slash DH. And you might be asking, why in the world would they sign a first baseman slash DH? They got a, a bajillion of those guys. Because as it stands, Kyle Farmer is the opening day shortstop. My thought process was when they when they acquired Kyle Farmer was they're going to uproot him from short, right? It's going to be Correa. It's going to be Bogart. It's going to be somebody else, Dansby Swanson. I was just, my head was in the clouds, I guess, at that time, thinking they would they would get one of those guys. And then Kyle Farmer was going to float and against lefties farmer was going to play third and Miranda was going to move over to first and that was going to be your corners with a, your right-handed shortstop and Jorge Polanco at second you can move a couple of things you know maybe uh, move somebody over farmer plays second and Miranda stays at third and you bring Luis Arise gets to start against the lefty but what that was it was a platoon with Luis Arise on the bench against lefties as as the twins do and Luis Arise, we know, is a completely different hitter against left-handed pitching. But Kyle Farmer is their shortstop. So Kyle Farmer needs to start no matter what. And now you've lost that platoon if he is your starting shortstop because Miranda's at third. You're forced to play Luis Arise against lefties. Maybe they want to do that more. I would argue they shouldn't, but maybe they want to do that more. But if they don't, and they haven't in the last couple of years, even when he was the batting champ, Bobby Dahlbeck slides right in. Platoon partner with Luis Arise at first base. And, and Alex Kirilov is also left-handed platoon partner against left-handed pitching Bobby Dalbeck with big time power gets your starts against lefties in his career 128 28% above league average in his career against left-handed pitching he can hit lefties the Red Sox are said to be dealing you know shopping him and he has four years of team control and maybe there's upside maybe you get him to figure out how to hit velocity better from righties how to hit right-handed sliders better. He goes on these stretches where he's absolutely terrific, and then he goes on stretches where he's ice cold. Sounds a lot like a former Twins first base. But we're going to move up the ladder. We got two more for you after this word from BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to college bowl season to basketball We've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts and you've already listened to Lockdown Twins, you've already listened to Lockdown Sports Today, you've already listened to Lockdown MLB with our friend Sully, you can find podcasts at BetOnline as well. They are always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today, or you can use that mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. I prefer to use 
the desktop. I like the big screen. But if you want to use your phone at betonline.net, it's a great platform. Phone, desktop, iPad, anything across the board. Betonline.net, very, very easy to use, super user-friendly, and it's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen today. Now make Lockdown Sports today your second listen. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Lockdown Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. We're moving up the ladder. I know Bobby Dalbeck may not be all that exciting, but four years of team control, platoon bat at first. I can think of worse things in a trade. I don't think you'd cost very much. Either we'll move up the rungs, and I think out of the three, clearly a middle option of the three, and I think maybe the most viable in trade because of who his team would be interested in, Glaber Torres with the New York Yankees. Glaber was a young star, finished top three for rookie of the year as a twenty in his age twenty one season, was absolutely phenomenal in twenty nineteen. A lot of that damage against Baltimore, and it was the juice ball. But I remember thinking in 2019, oh, the Yankees have just a superstar in a 22-year-old Glaber Torres. This dude is fantastic. He's taken a big step back the last three years. He's hit 256, 325 on bases, slugged 406. Respectable numbers, above average OPS, 4% above average, but not the guy he was his first two seasons, especially not the guy he was in 2019. He was playing short for the Yankees. Famously, they moved him off of short, acquired Isaiah Conner-Falefa from the Twins. Glaber Torres went to second, and he was a four-win player. Boom. Plus, plus defender at second base. Plus nine in defensive runs saved. The Yankees infield was much better. Donaldson had a really nice year defensively at third. They had Conner-Falefa at short. Glaber Torres at second. Anthony Rizzo at first. It was a much better alignment defensively in their infield and Jose Trevino behind the play with Cal Higashioka. Nice defense there for the Yankees. They remade it, remade it credit to them. Now I think they could look to deal Glaber Torres who's due to make just under 10 million in arbitration. He is a free agent after 2024. So following next year, he's only 26 years old. He's 26 years old and you view him now as a second baseman because he was so atrocious defensively at short. I don't think you can say, Oh, if the twins acquire Glaber, like there's their shortstop. Maybe last year you thought that, but he had a really nice season at second base and the numbers are atrocious at short for him. If they'd acquired Glaber Torres, put him at short, that would be the worst defensive infield, I think, in the history of Major League Baseball, perhaps. I have high hopes for Jose Miranda at third, but Miranda, Torres, Polanco, and Arise, that is, I don't know if I'd feel very good defensively on any given day, especially with the Twins. You know, pitching staff should be okay, but not blowing anybody. It's not DeGrom and Verlander and Garrett Cole, right? Glaber Torres would be a fit if the Twins looked at the Yankees roster, were are looking to deal Max Kepler. Max Kepler is a clear fit for New York, and they decided we see upside in Glaber Torres. We think he can get back to the guy he was in 2019 get back to the guy he was when he finished third for rookie of the year but if he's just who he was in 2022 he's a four-win player he's basically jorge polanco you'd basically be acquiring jorge polanco the problem is you have jorge polanco so wait where's glaber torres gonna play much like bobby dalbeck in his career glaber torres has crushed left-handed pitching and he's much better against righties than dalbeck in his career glaber against lefties 131 weighted runs created plus against righties 108 now I think I, I view him as a second baseman. You should view him in the lens of a second baseman. 
could be a platoon situation there. It's tricky though because he's he's said to make ten million, and Jorge Polanco was poor against lefties, especially in twenty twenty two. Switch hitter Polo, much better left handed hitter at this point, I think. So you could find a little platoon there with Polanco, and I wouldn't hate Glaber starting at short some days against a lefty. You start him at short, you know, maybe maybe Farmer, and then that creates that platoon where you have. Farmer at third, Miranda at first, Glaber at short. You can start Polo at second. You can start, you know, Royce Lewis when he's healthy in there. And, and you have this infield of right-handed bats and, and you can have flexibility against left-handed pitching. And Glaber, he can hold his own against righties. So he can start every day. It would just be about finding a spot for him. If the Twins were to trade Jorge Polanco in a Max Kepler deal, then yes, Glaber Torres would be your everyday second baseman and it makes a lot more sense. But because Polanco's on the roster and Torres – is viewed less than ever as a shortstop. It, it it's less of a of a clear fit, I think, for the Twins. But because we know the Yankees, you know, are interested in Max Kepler, and there's going to be dialogue there on Max Kepler, I could see that swap happening where it's basically a clean salary swap. You're adding about a million and a half in Glaber Torres, a little bit less depending on what he gets in arbitration. That's essentially a clean swap. Torres for Kepler. Gives the Twins more flexibility in the infield, but they really need just a legit shortstop. They, If Glaber was still a legit shortstop, we would be talking a lot more about Glaber Torres, but I don't think he's that anymore. And he was plus at second. Don't ruin a good thing. He was a, a four-win player at second base per baseball reference. Let's work our way up to the top. We're going to wake our way up to the top trade target who I think is available. He wants out. He's asking out of Pittsburgh. It's Brian Reynolds. Hot name. In recent seasons, especially after a six-win season in 2021, a little bit of a step back in 2022, still really, really nice year. For those who don't know, because he's buried in Pittsburgh, Brian Reynolds, outfielder, 28 years old, three years of team control at modest salaries, just under $7 million projected for him in arbitration in 2023. He is a free agent after 2025. In four seasons, here's his 162-game average. So this is his average across four seasons. One of those is the COVID year, and he didn't have a very nice COVID year. Has hit 281, high average, 361 on base, high on base percentage, 481 slugging percentage, high slugging percentage, OPS plus at 127, 27% above league average. Four and a half wins above replacement on average at baseball reference, and 24 home runs in his 162 game extrapolation there over the last four years. Really, really nice player. Really nice player against lefties in his career. Solidly above average, 117 weighted runs created plus against righties, 130 more power as a left-handed hitter against right-handed pitching. Good against both. Pretty much even splits, just a little bit more power as a lefty. Defensively, horrific center fielder in 2022. Horrific. He can play that, though. He can play center. If Buxton gets hurt, you can form up a maybe quasi-platoon or with Gallo, or Reynolds is just your center fielder. Gallo's playing right, and the assumption Max Kepler is not on the roster he can play center. He's just not he ain't anywhere close to Byron Buxton, who I think is the best center fielder in the world. He can play center. He did play center last year, but I think they would view him as their opening day left fielder, but would bounce around. You bounce around the outfield and fill in in the outfield has been durable, really kind of an all around good player. Draws walks, doesn't strike out much all around. Really nice four five, potentially six. He has been a six win player before. He is a borderline star. He's an all-star level player, Brian Reynolds. For that reason, his cost would be exorbitant. His cost would be through the roof. And I don't think the Twins necessarily have the prospect capital and more importantly, 
are willing to part with that prospect capital for an outfielder with three years of team control. If everything went right for the Twins, if everything still does go right, they don't need any outfielders. You know, Alex Kirloff develops, Trevor Larnick develops, Royce Lewis can bounce around and play a bunch of different spots as long as, you know, as well as Short, who I, I think they view him long term at Short. Byron Buxton's healthy and center. If everything went well, right? If everything went well, you wouldn't need another outfielder. And that that was the case years ago. That's the case today. The Twins have about seven left-handed corner outfielders, and Brian Reynolds is a better left-handed hitter as a switch hitter. It doesn't it doesn't add up, and it doesn't really add up for a premium prospect package. But that's exactly why I think he would be a possibility for them because they're just so weird. I mean, do you think Joey Gallo was a possibility? I did an episode because I thought, hey, who's the last guy they need? Joey Gallo is probably the last guy they need given the, the current roster. Who's the last guy they need to spend up for in a trade? Brian Reynolds. What he would do, though, is he'd be an impact bat. He would be like your number two hitter. He would add a, a dynamic to this lineup that they don't currently have. You would have Luis Arise leading off, Brian Reynolds in the two hole as a switch hitter who can hit righties and lefties. You know, Byron Buxton hitting third, Polanco four, Miranda five. There's this, this fun, like, dynamic two switch hitters and Polo and Reynolds, and you have a left-handed hitter and a rise, and then a righty and Buxton switch it up, Miranda righty. You'd have a very nice dynamic, especially at the top of the order. It would lengthen everything out, and it creates insurance for a Buxton injury. It creates insurance for another Kirilov or another Larnick injury, and Reynolds is under team control for the next three seasons. Would cost a ton. Pirates don't seem to want to move him. I don't blame them, but I don't think they're going to compete in the next three seasons, so it would benefit them to move Brian Reynolds, and they'll probably get the most for him now. You're looking at a Brooks Lee... Josh Winder, Marco Raya, some sort of big-time package of three or four top 10 Twins prospects, I would say. And if it included Lee, maybe three top 10 prospects. If it didn't include Lee, you probably got to include Lewis. You probably got to include someone like Miranda. For that reason, I don't think the Twins are going to meet that price. I don't think they will. But they've surprised us so many times, right? They just do weird things. You'd be the last guy I would think they would acquire in trade Joey Gallo the last guy I would think they would acquire although I knew that his style kind of fit their style in you know for for better or worse kind of fit their style those are my three I found if you have any ideas of who could be available we we don't know these things for sure you know it's it's more unlikely you know it's more likely they are not traded than it is they are all three of them and there's going to be guys traded from today until opening day who were not even on my radar. I looked I, I looked extensively. I looked extensively at every roster and every salary. And there's some, you know, Marcelo Zuna, who I don't want on the Twins. There's some others with inflated contracts who could be available. It's slim pickings out there, though. It is. And I, I think it's especially true with Ken Rosenthal, I believe, wrote this. More teams are trying. There's less rebuilding teams. And this is a point I made when I was talking about starting pitchers on the trade market and just the trade market in general, Derek Falvey was telling Darren Wolfstein, we're going to be scouring the trade market. Less teams are willing to deal because more teams are trying to win. And you only have a handful of teams who are looking to deal, to deal players. They're, they're good veteran players. A, a large portion of the league thinks they can make the playoffs. I think like 20, 24, 25 teams think if things break right for them, they can make an expanded playoff field. The pirates are one of those who probably won't the A's, the pirates, the nationals, the tigers, unfortunately, two of the five teams are in the AL, AL central. 
not going to stop any trade. The Twins traded for Michael Fulmer at the deadline last year. It's not going to stop a trade necessarily. It's just less likely in my view. And I think in a lot of views, it's just less likely for the Twins to make a trade within the AL Central, especially for a high-impact player because a high-impact player, A, is not on those rosters, and B, is going to cost prospect capital, and the Twins don't want to see through you know, a top prospect killing them for the next six years on the field, right? So those are three. You know, Bobby Dahlbeck in Boston, I think he's just wore out his welcome, change the scenery candidate, lefty platoon, low risk, I don't think would cost very much in trade. Why not? Glaber Torres is a fit in a certain deal with Max Kepler, like makes sense in that deal. But from a roster standpoint, there would need to be some shifting. There would need to be changes for this to completely make sense to pay him 10 million to platoon at second base. I don't see that. And then Brian Reynolds is like shoot for the stars. If they were to just blow our minds, which they did last year, even though it was a one-year deal for Carlos Correa, if they were to blow our minds, it would be a Brian Reynolds trade coming in playing left field, bouncing around the outfield. There's your impact bat. Brian Reynolds, if they were to add him, you know, him and him and Buxton, those are your two best players at that point, all around players. And Reynolds is, would be the, one of the only guys on the roster who's shown four or five win upside, right, on at the major league level. They have a lot of guys we're hopeful on. Kirilov, Lewis coming, you know, Brooks Lee coming. Guys we're hopeful on, but they only have one or two who have shown like star level upside and that's Buxton, you know, maybe a rise. I'm hopeful with Miranda as well, that we'll see that Polanco has had all-star upside. He started in the all-star game in 2019, only a handful though. And maybe that's true for a lot of teams, but the twins could use another and they've could have used another before the Korea situation. Maybe it still happens. I don't know. These three for varying reasons, they fit in some way or another, but one of them Glaber would take some, some shifting in other areas. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Lockdown Sports today. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders. Lockdown Sports today available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts on. The Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you so much. Have a great day. And as always, go Twins.